move around Dragic. The lob for Wallace and a two-hand flush. Another lob. It's Chris Humphreys with the connection from Darren Williams. Gets inside, swatted by Lopez. Darren a step back. Hello, playoffs. This is the Brooklyn Rebound Podcast, episode eight. Oh no, he hud didn't. <laughs> hey guys, we are back. It's been six long days, but we got a podcast for you, and we have a guest with us. We're gonna recap some games. We're gonna go through some injuries around the NBA, and of course, talk about the best thing that's ever happened: the Brooklyn Nets entering the playoff scenes. How do you feel about that, Justin? Uh, it's a good thing for Brooklyn. First year, not inaugural season, and one for one, mm-hmm. making the playoffs in Brooklyn. We're, we are officially undefeated as Brooklyn Nets going into the playoffs. All right, let's not jinx us or anything <laughs> here. Come on, man. Well, I mean, our chances of going into the playoffs is one and no. It's already what, happened. What are you, the Nets PR yeah. right now? Well, someone's <laughs> got to fill, fill that role. Um, but we have a guest today, uh, our good buddy Anton. Welcome to the podcast, Anton. Thank you, Enoch. Uh, how does it feel to be uh, on this exclusive Brooklyn? Such, such an honor! Like I've I've accomplished many things in my life, but uh, this is this is right up there with learning how to swim and riding my bike. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty pretty high high re- regard right there. Yeah. Um, so you've been uh, a basketball fan for a while, and I I don't I I think I'm familiar with your favorite team, but I don't are you unnecessarily agree with it. Um, so you're a Heat fan, huh? I am. Uh, you know what? A lot of people don't agree with it in this area. It's, mm-hmm. it's too bad. Uh, <laughs> I first started liking them at a time when even more people disliked the Heat. It right. was the uh, mid-90s. Vashon Leonard Heat? Vashon Leonard, Lonzo Mourning, PJ oh, Brown, nice. Mashburn, Marley, Marley, and Hardaway. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was when I started liking them because we're all from Connecticut. I'm sure the viewers know you guys are from Connecticut. I'm, I'm, I'm from Connecticut as well. So my buddy liked the Knicks, and he always used to throw it in my face. Right. So I was like, what can I do to get you pissed? Right. I guess I'm going to like the heat. There you go. So. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much how Connecticut runs with a lot of their things, where the fans are usually, you know, diehard uh, Knicks, Celtics fans, or in, in, in baseballs, Yankees, Red Sox. That's why I became a Mets fan, because I couldn't deal with... The Yankees, Red Sox talk. Yeah, it's funny how split it is too. I mean, I definitely got to say, especially our hometown, it's about fifty-fifty. It's right down the middle. Cause you got half ball, half of them go towards the New England, Boston, and half right. of them go New towards York the uh, Boston, the New York. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So I have been, I mean, living in New York for three years now, almost, and so I have been following New York sports since much closer uh, since I've moved down here. And I mean, I've gone with uh, you to Nets games at the Prudential Center. So you, you know, were there. You were there for that for Jordan that, Farmer game that, winner. Yeah. yeah, I think you lost money on that, didn't you? No, I won money. On <laughs> oh, that. you won. won you won bet money, on the yes. Nets. See, yeah. you're a smart man. Yeah. You are a smart man. That's why <laughs> we saw have the potential back then. <laughs> you saw the potential of the yeah. Nets. So uh, Knicks Nets. I'm assuming you're you're leaning I'm towards leaning, the Nets. I'm leaning towards the Nets because I actually like Darren Williams a lot. I followed mm-hmm. him when he went to Bastikas uh, during the lockout season. He wow. Played. Um, it was Iverson's old team when yeah. he went abroad, right. and they're not—they're not in the Euro League, but they're—I think they participate in the Euro Cup. It's like one division lower. Is that the—that's the Israeli league, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah Israeli right. league. Right, and uh, they retired his jersey. That's how—that's <laughs> how good yeah, it, good it was. It was after like twenty-six games or something <laughs> like that. He just played amazing, I guess. So. Right, right. Well, you know, 
Yeah, I'm I'm glad that we have an international scout watching watching <laughs> our our uh, star point guard there. But yeah, thank you again for joining our podcast. Um, so let's uh, let's get some recaps going. First game, Mavs versus the Nets. This is the this recap was uh, the biggest match for uh, a lot of reasons, mainly because of the storyline with Dan Williams, which way he would have gone uh, in the off season with either going to Dallas, his hometown, or Brooklyn. And the last game we played against the Mavs, they lost uh, in the fourth quarter. Um, and the Mavs, uh, and the Nets dominated this game, 113-96. Yeah, I felt, I felt like they just had a little bit of a payback mentality this game after that uh, after that loss, you know, at home at Barclays in January. Right, right. And I love seeing those Cuban angry faces. <laughs> I didn't make any uh, gift files about it, but, you know, it was it was very... Very good, and in terms of just enjoying the scowl on his face, but also Dan Williams was smiling the whole time. I mean, when he when he performs well, he he's happy, but he was smiling from you know cheek to cheek. Yeah, with he that. he was cheesing. Yeah, um, and then our next game was unfortunately it was on Saturday night. It was not a good one where we played uh, at the Staples Center for a second time this year against the Clippers. Uh, we beat them in our first match in Brooklyn, but we lost this one. Uh, 95 to 101. LAC, uh, closed out with the fourth quarter. Chris Paul just dominating off the pick and rolls. Uh, what'd you, what'd you think of, um, Chris Paul's performance in the, down that stretch? Uh, you know, Chris Paul just turns it up. He's, he's a star and he, you know, it just turns up to another level. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, he, he was there when, uh, when they needed him most and he was able to, you know, squeak it out for them in the end. Right. And then our next game after that Sunday night was Phoenix, uh, 102, 100. We were able to, Get a squeaker out there. Yeah, close game. It was too close for comfort. I was uh, edge of my seat, definitely at the end there. But I mean, that shouldn't have been a close game. But sometimes the Nets don't show up when they should. But we have uh, we we have now we have on the half half of the circuit trip, we're uh, three and one right now. Yeah, doing pretty well. This is uh, this is you know this is huge for them, especially down the stretch. We're uh, we were worried, you know, going on this uh, this long skid end of March, but so far so good. So hopefully we can keep it up, and the second half of the trip we'll uh, we'll close it out strong. So a couple notes to go back on in terms of the Mavs game. I thought this was just a monster performance by Brook Lopez. He he has two points away from his career high, I believe, it was forty with thirty eight yep. points. But still hit a season high with that. And uh, Brook Lopez and Dan Williams outscored the Mavs themselves twenty seven to twenty six in that game. I believe it was in the third quarter. Um, and they just were dominant from the start. What do you think of uh, Brooke Lopez this year, uh, Anton, and how he's doing? I actually like the way Brooke plays. I, I love the entire front line by the uh, the Nets. I feel like each piece brings a certain flavor into the Nets' offense or defense. I like Reggie Evans. He's such a, a rebound you know, gobbler, and that's perfect as it epitomizes right. the show pretty right. much. Um, Brooke Lopez has a variety of moves. I, I can tell he's been working on his jump shot. You have uh, Chris Humphreys, who kind of does everything, and he pursues everything and everyone. And then you've got, uh, I mean, I think Andre Blatch has actually developed into quite a nice player as well. I saw him right. live against the Bulls when the Bulls were missing Luol Dang and Joakim Noah. So they were missing quite a few players, but Blatch really stepped up in, in that game. And um, he played really well, showed some nice moves, and he surprised me with his dribbling skills. But I think he should leave that to Darren Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all agree that he should leave that to Darren Williams. Um, but it's it's funny that you mentioned Chris Humphreys because before this past couple of games, we have not had a Chris Humphreys 
uh, sighting in a while. Uh, I think he was out for almost since middle of January, if I'm not correct. Um, and he he came back and the first game against the Clippers, uh, where he actually not only was he greeted by uh, by all of Los Angeles, but there was unfortunately there was no. Kanye West or Kim Kardashian at this game, which which is unfortunate because we were really looking forward to that that sighting of uh, Kanye heckling Chris Humphries on the court. You know, <laughs> Chris Humphries is an intimidating guy, so yeah. you know he scared him away. I don't I don't blame him. I'd be afraid of Hump too. <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of the biggest moments in this game, actually, in the in the Lakers on um, the Clippers game, was there was a jump ball moment where Humphries was tied up with Blake Griffin and Lamar Odom. And they were lining up. It was Griffin versus uh, Humphreys. And the refs corrected the call and put Odom versus Humphreys. As soon as that moment happened, this is the loudest I've ever heard a crowd <laughs> yeah. cheer for a jump ball in the middle of a game. And it was ridiculous that it even happened because it's all, everyone's imagination of just a storyline of Odom versus Humphreys finally happened, I'm sure. L.A. tabloids were all over that. You, I'm sure you guys read that, right? Well, who actually won the jump ball there? Uh, we well, who wanted to win it? Because I don't know if it's, it's a prize. Well, Humphreys Humphreys took the higher road and let Odom win. Okay. You know, yeah. so um, he 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 figured he didn't want to get involved in those tabloid headlines. Right. So that's why he let Odom win that jump ball. Uh, but Humphreys did really well that that I mean he did really well in the third game against Phoenix. I think he had a good amount of minutes. And the Clippers game. I'm just gonna pull up some notes here. And what do we have here, Justin, for the Clippers? Yeah, no. Uh, Hump against the Suns. I mean, he got significant minutes. Uh, 27 minutes. Hump ended up playing uh, 10 minutes in the in the Clippers game. Yeah, and uh, I think he brought energy to the team that we haven't seen in a while off the bench. I mean, Andre was doing that earlier in the year. I know that. Um, and Marshawn can do it at spurts, but. Humphreys is a high energy guy too, kind of like Reggie Evans. So he's just he was just all over the place for both games, and I love I love the fact that he was able to just get into the rotation again. Yeah, absolutely. He felt uh, definitely good for the guy. We were paying him a lot of money. It's nice to see him back in the rotation. Um, and actually, you know, obviously, I, I mean, the Clippers he was definitely uh, definitely shaking the rust off a little bit, but came back with authority uh, against the Suns. Um, I mean, monster game, seventeen points and eight boards. Um, six and twelve shooting, and I mean, I think it was two alley oops that game. So I'm get up too. Wow, wow. Chris Humphrey showing some athleticism. He also had a uh, a game high three air balls. <laughs> so, we don't want to talk about that. Let's uh, talk. <laughs> and a missed uh, one handed slam, which I know Chris Humphrey has hops, but always two hands, always two hands. For safety, I know. For <laughs> safety, you don't want to hurt anyone when you're up there, you know. Well, air, air balls and missed dunks aside. Um, Still, you know, great performance out of Chris Humphreys. Glad to see him back in the lineup. Glad to see him, you know, not discouraged by his benching and definitely, uh, definitely showed that he kept in shape and kept with it while, uh, you know, while the while the, the Nets were trying to figure out and iron out the rotation uh, strategies. I think uh, I think Humphreys was also in this game in the past two games for two reasons. Uh, no, the Nets have a noticed uh, defense. Uh, efficiency against a uh, deficiency. Sorry, against quick guards in the NBA. Um, Goran Dragic is a quick guard. So is Chris Paul. And during the Clippers game, they had uh, they had Brook Lopez and Reggie Evans um, on a, on one. Reggie Evans was sitting on the top of the key 
waiting for whoever the big man was, and Brook Lopez was all the way in the back behind the basket because they didn't want to put Brook Lopez in the pick and roll scenario where he would just get shredded. Um, I know we were t- we were talking about how good Brook Lopez is on many things, but the pick and roll defense is not one of those things. So I, this is why I think Chris Humphreys was actually put into the lineup during the Clippers game to give more uh, pick and roll defense that we need. What do you guys think? Yeah, no, and, and to speak to that defense against the Clippers, um, what do you think of that job? I think, like, I, well, I guess against Blake Griffin, he ended up, uh, you know, 11 points, but I thought Reggie Evans specifically did a pretty good job defensively of um, keeping Blake Griffin contained right. to an extent. Um, Reggie not known necessarily for his defense. Um, showing Agitating. It, Agitating. But showing, showing it in that game. So yeah. beyond the rebounds, rest, uh, Reggie showing uh, showing that hustle and showing that uh, the defensive prowess. So good for him, and I uh, hope he keeps that up as well. And I, I think that Goran Dragic, although you said that we brought Chris Humphreys in for, for defense, I think he actually did have a pretty good game overall. He just It was it was more so uh, limiting, I guess, the penetration he got. But right. He still got 12 assists, 31 points, which is way above expectations for, for someone like him who's trying to step into Steve Nash's shoes. And right. it's, it's obviously above his career averages. So I think it was, it was good overall. Also, another reason maybe why he... Humphrey's got some more minutes compared to the Clippers game is when you're on the road, a long road trip, a second back, back to back, back. Yep. some of your players might be a little more tired or winded. So right. it, was, it was a good call, and um, and they, they won the game, so can't ever blame them when you yeah. win the game. And I guess the question going forward now, I mean, we've been seeing a lot of, obviously, rotation changes, and um, Blotch only getting 10 minutes against the Suns. Are you concerned that, you know, limited minutes, Blotch down the, down the stretch, especially when he seems to have been picking it up a little bit right. um, at this point in the season. Um, with Hump now back in the rotation, obviously that limits minutes for others. So well, going forward. I think, I think like PJ has said uh, when he got the job, it's a good problem. It's, it's a good problem to have that Blatch is playing 10 minutes a game. Would I want him to play 10 minutes a game uh, as a Nets fan? No, I want him to play with Brooke Lopez in closing minutes of the game and, right. you know, and have that one, you know, that four or five tandem that, is so big and long and and you know and aggressive in, in in the paint, but you know with Humphreys showing some light that we have not seen in months, and he even said after the game he was interviewed by Sarah Kusak saying like I'm going to be sore tomorrow. I haven't played you know a game like this in so long. Right. Uh, you can keep yourself in shape, you know, with practice and stuff, but you know NBA game you give it at all, and so he he definitely did that, and he's proving to the coach that. He's back to being a reliable option, so I'm I'm happy for Chris, and I hope that uh, he's able to get minutes, maybe with Blatch, you know, coming off the bench together. Right, so. and I, I mean on that same note, that's the biggest thing. I think that's the, uh, that would be the most concerning thing, hopefully for PJ going forward, is just um, to be aware, you know, mentally. Players definitely get discouraged when they get limited minutes, especially players of Blatch's caliber, who was you know supposed to be you know a huge NBA superstar, obviously hasn't necessarily lived up to that. Full potential, especially right. with some of his off-court antics in uh, in Washington prior to coming to Brooklyn. He but has his own entourage, though. <laughs> kind of like LeBron had in yeah, Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it, so it, it's just important. I you don't want Blas get discouraged. He's definitely, right. you know, mentally he's back on track. It seems like he's showing, um, you know, commitment and um, you know to the team and the focus. Um, so it's just important, hopefully, that Blotch doesn't lose that focus. Now with Hump back in the rotation, if Blotch is now seeing limited minutes again, is he going to be back down, you know, take a, is this going to be a step back for him mentally? Um, and that's the most important, I think. Um, well, that will be the most 
important factor going forward and into the playoffs. I I agree with I agree with um, the fact that the Nets can get uh, more people involved. I mean, the only culprit, I guess, or the only uh, person that was victimized from not playing uh, as much as not just Blatch but MT3. Right. And I think before the road trip, uh, PJ decided that he's going to give MT3 a lot of those minutes that he was giving Humphreys before to try him out. Now, in a team, in a matchup, like looking forward in the playoffs, where you have a, you need to stretch out the floor against, you know, some bigs that are quick, you know, against a team like the Bulls, MT3 I think would be really good because he could stretch out the floor and let Brooke Lopez go to town against, you know, Joakim or, you know, Boozer. But if you have, uh, if you have a Humphreys, who can crash the boards and get our fast break going, you know, like like we did. We pushed the floor a, a lot. Once Humphreys got the ball, he'd just give it to Darren, and Darren would push it up the floor. Right. So uh, we'll see. We'll keep out. We'll see how these rotations go. Um, and we only have eight games. No, tw- sorry, twelve games left in the season. So uh, yeah. there's not a lot, of, a lot of room for experimenting anymore. Really, we have to get something solid uh, going for into the playoffs. And speaking of playoffs, hello. Playoffs. Hello, playoffs. <laughs> right now they're the fourth seed, I see, and they would be scheduled to play the Bulls, so it's great that you made that boozer comparison. Right. How, um, you know, certain lineups might work better with them. And so I guess my question to you guys as hardcore Nets fans, who would you want the Nets to match up with in the playoffs, obviously looking for the most favorable matchup? Uh, I would just want to destroy the Knicks. Um, <laughs> Makes sense. But just looking at the standings, it doesn't look likely that they would play the Knicks in the first round unless something dramatic happened, uh, where all the either one of the teams fell and lost every single game from this point on. Um, so two things that we have to know um, before I answer that question is the Nets do hold the tiebreaker against the Knicks. In Indiana, uh, but they just have to get them tied. Currently, they're facing Chicago at the fifth seed because the Nets are the fourth seed. I, I actually would prefer prefer uh, Atlanta or Chicago. I think uh, I think we'd probably be better off with Atlanta just because the Derrick Rose factor coming into uh, right. picture. He's he said he he wants to play, and the doctors have cleared him to play. And he's not playing, but what happens if he just said, "Hey, I want to play in the playoffs and just you know, give it to Brooklyn"? I don't, I don't want to see Derrick Rose <laughs> play the play the Nets in the first round because that would just be a scary proposition, really. Yeah, and, and I'm actually going to disagree with that. I think I'd actually, um, I'd actually welcome the Bulls, especially with their injury woes right now. Joakim Noah's, I mean, um, still injured. Derrick Rose mentally um, struggling to come back. I think. Right now, the Bulls are in a position where they're on a little bit of a slide, and I think it would be, you know, within, I'm seeing them in the next month. I think we could actually take advantage of that. If Derrick Rose did come back, I mean, questions on how he would mesh, uh, um, you know, chemistry-wise with the team. Um, I and I wouldn't mind. We've had, we I mean, we've struggled against the Hawks, um, and also, will you know, will the Hawks be more riled up playing us? Um, kind of a homecoming for well Joe Johnson back in Atlanta. He doesn't play well in Atlanta either. So I mean that that's <laughs> right. Right. That's also a negative too. Um, another thing to note, I'm hoping that we end up getting the two or three seed as opposed to the four or five. Right. Um, obviously because yeah, it's a higher seed, but at the same time, 
<laughs> it's a matter of potentially if we do make it out of the first round, we'll be facing the Heat in the second round versus um, Indiana Heat or New versus, York. Right. Yeah. Uh, I agree with that part because I, we've discussed it in, in past podcasts. We, we're aiming, I mean, the Nets are hoping to get that two or three, and I think everyone from four and five is thinking the same thing. Brooklyn, Chicago, Atlanta. Uh, Boston was in that picture, but they've been sliding of late. They lost their fifth game again tonight against the Knicks. Uh, too many injuries for them to overcome right now. Um, but, yeah, I, I think if the Nets were to play the Hawks, uh, I think the Hawks are the team that they've been in the past you know, five years, even with Joe Johnson. Their ceiling is second round at most, and right now they're a team that was still trying to figure out who their future is and and if Josh Smith is going to be a part of their future or and so many intangibles if Larry Drew is going to be their head coach uh if Jeff Teague's the actual point guard of their future you know like I don't think those are things that uh they're thinking playoff wise they're thinking you know even just two or three years because Danny Ferries came in and cleaned up shop shift off Joe Johnson to our nets and I think you know our team is just getting deeper and deeper with Chris Humphreys coming back Jerry Stackhouse playing a couple of games here and there and dropping, you know, 12 points. We we have a lot of assets, and I think we're we're finally getting our focus. And regardless if it's the Bulls or the Hawks, I think we should be able to survive uh, the first round. And, you know, that's that's a win in my book, so. You know, it would be absolutely exciting because Indiana's going through some tough injuries right now to some of its key players. If Brooklyn were to catch Indiana for the three-seed, and then New York maintains its two-seed position, they might play each other in the second round, and that would be almost like a Subway series going in. Right. That would be very exciting. Right. Um, I know that uh, we we welcome that every podcast. I'm just hoping for the Knicks to play the Nets. Not just not just for the fun of New York, but this this has more implications for me because it becomes a brotherly rivalry because my brother's a diehard Knicks fan. <laughs> and, you know... I want to stick it to him any which way I can. So, <laughs> well, maybe if they play the Heat, you know, I could lend you my my Wade jersey. No, 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 that's, no, no. So your hatred for the Heat is will, greater than as your far hatred as I, for the Knicks. The only thing I will do is use Dove care products. Okay, that's the only Dwayne Wade thing I will do. <laughs> and maybe, maybe and, watch Step It Up with Gabrielle Union. Yes, is, is he in there? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> But she does act, so... Wait, is he dating her now? He has been for quite a while. I haven't been... God, you're not on your Dwayne Wade gossip, <laughs> man. Been man, on my Dwayne on. Wade gossip. Ah, oh, man. Sorry, Gabrielle. No, when you have Chris Humphreys on your team, I understand. There's no. too much to follow. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, speaking of teams' injuries, I know that you mentioned the Pacers are... Uh, uh, depleting. I know Derek and David West had some some problems. Lance Stevenson was out recently. Danny Granger the whole season. And I know this. <laughs> Danny Granger the whole season. And I know George Hill is out because he's on my fantasy team this week, and I'm in the playoffs. And he decided not to play yesterday. So thank you, George Hill, for that. Um, groin injury. Come on. I mean, you could just put, man, some, put, man some, put some ice on it. Man put man some man ice up. on it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the Pacers definitely have their injury problems. The Knicks. Even though injury, you know, written with uh, Kurt Thomas and Tyson Chandler has been out with a stiff neck, uh, has been out um, for this past week. But the Celtics, the Celtics have KG out for the next two weeks. Yeah, 
Um, and, and the Celtics are very always typically have been secretive or kind of closed door as far as injuries. So when they say one week, two weeks, in the past when KG has injury, injuries, um, I want to say two years back, it went from one week to two weeks to a month right. to the rest of the season. So at this point, who knows? I mean, they're saying that he's going to be coming back. They're anticipating he comes back in the next two weeks. But, um, you know, it's, it's tough for them, especially this stretch when we're fi- they're fighting for uh, – for <laughs> for playoff seeds, um, it's tough to kind of go on a slide at this point, especially with that monster game against against your Heat um, without KG Jeff Green stepping it up. Um, but yeah, the Celtics have been a little bit of a slide, like we said, lost to the Knicks tonight. So um, we'll see if they'll be they can they can kind of hold up until KG comes back. So out of all these injuries, guys, which with the Knicks injuries, the Pacers injuries, uh, Celtics, and I guess Derek Rose as the Biggest injury. I know Joaquin was also out for a couple games. Which of these teams are affected the most uh, right now going into the playoffs? Yeah, no, I think hands down the Celtics. I mean, KG is a pivotal part of the. I mean, of their team and of their offense and of their game completely. I mean, Derrick Rose has been out the season. The Bulls have made do without him and are still in. I mean, obviously playoff contention and still fighting for position in the playoffs. Celtics, however. I mean, without KG, they've already lost Rajon Rondo this season, right. and they've already they already have a couple, um, you know, too. role players, yeah, right. going down with injuries. So they're right. dropping like flies at this point. I think it's going to be tough for them to compete, losing a huge, you know, uh, star. Not, I mean, not just, I guess, offensively, defensively, you know, not his game, but his energy as well. Right. This energy he brings to the team really just elevates everyone else's game to another level. And I think that's definitely a tough loss for the team going forward. Anton, what do you what do you think? You know, I, I want to agree with you. Uh, the only thing is, with Rondo already out being a sure thing, I feel like the Celtics were kind of limited in their in their playoff mobility anyways. Um, I mean, veteran presence can only take you so far, and Rondo, I always thought, was the motor that kept them running. So without Rondo and, and no Ray Allen this year, I, I saw them second-round exit at best, even with KG. And so I, I want to say right now uh, Tyson Chandler for, for the Knicks, because... Here's why. Because Melo is back, um, and to be honest, Kenyon Martin has been doing a phenomenal job filling yeah. in for Amari anyways. So if they can get Tyson Chandler back, and in addition, if Kidd can step up to the way he was playing for the Mavs, as if his life depended on it, then he I don't see old. a problem. He, he is he's old, old but he is old. the way he played against LeBron in the, heat, right. in the 2011 right. Finals... He bodied him. He bodied him. He made it mm-hmm. seem like it was his last series ever. So if he if he plays like that, which I think there are rumors that he's going to retire mm-hmm. at the end of this season, right. if that's the case, I don't I don't bet against, you know, Kidd's effort and his, and his performance. And um, with Tyson coming back, I know he's, he's probably like day-to-day right now because he, he missed the Celtics game tonight. And... Uh, they're not exactly sure when he's coming back yet, but I I haven't heard any uh, reports on how serious his injury is. Right. So if it runs into the postseason and they run into the Heat, it's it's big problems. Um, honestly, if they run into the Heat with Tyson Chandler, it's big problems anyways. But I think that they would almost be guaranteed into the conference finals if they have Tyson Chandler anchoring their defense and they got the Felton Chandler lob right. going, then right. it's game over for the rest of the the non-Heat Eastern contenders. Right. And, uh, no, I, I, I agree with uh, with both your points in, in two ways. I do think that, uh, like you said, Anton, uh, Chandler and the Knicks have a higher ceiling than, um, than the Celtics, even if Cager's there, unless for some reason, which is possible, uh, the Celtics were sliding to the eight and they were to play Miami in the first round. 
I think that's the only series that not only NBA fans would enjoy that, but uh, that's the only series that the Celtics would give 110% to uh, to dethroning the Heat and their winning streak maybe going into the playoffs. Who knows? Maybe they'll have like a 37-game winning streak that they're uh, going to go maybe, for. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. I mean, yeah, I sort of wish that 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 wouldn't happen in my I mean I wish it would happen in my lifetime but maybe not with that team no. but you can't you can't hate on on what they're doing right now so um yeah I I'm I'm going to actually I just saw, got I saw a tweet um about right before the podcast breaking breaking news guys breaking news uh world peace is is, is over as in meta world peace he he had an MCL tear uh, it looks like he's going to be out for a little while. I mean, the Lakers just got back to their guys with Pal Gasol and Kobe. Gasol was out for a while. But it looks like Meta World Peace is going to be out for a little lo- longer, maybe even the playoff run. Do you think this affects the Lakers um, going into the playoffs or even will they make the playoffs with this injury? Anton, what do you think? You know, I think right now the Lakers are they're on a little bit of a skid. Um, Kobe is still recovering from his ankle injury. I know he played... Um, against the Wizards, but they had actually lost that game by three. I think John Wall played phenomenally. Um, and the thing is, if, if you were to look at the way the Lakers have been playing, it's it hasn't been that promising. No. But the one bright side of all this is that the two teams behind them with potential to catch them are the the Blazers. I'm, I'm sorry, the Utah Jazz. Just three and, teams, yeah. Yeah, the Jazz, Utah Jazz, the Blazers, Blazers and the Mavs. Mavericks, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of don't. No. I'm counting out the Blazers just because they're they're a little too young, and I don't know how well they're going to actually challenge mm-hmm. um, for an eight spot if they even want to be in the playoffs. Maybe right. get another lottery pick or something. I don't know right. the lottery situation. And then uh, I looked at the schedules of the Jazz and the Mavs, and it's pretty rough. They they play a bunch of um, Western contender playoff teams, and the Lakers. Meanwhile, I think they play. Uh, I think they play the Spurs, maybe the Clippers. Um, I know their last game is against Houston, and that would have been an interesting game had the Jazz kept their distance in the playoffs. And if uh, Houston and the Lakers were battling for the eighth spot, that mm-hmm. would have been a great game. But uh, it looks like Houston and Golden State have locked up their playoff positions. They're, I think, three or two games ahead of the Lakers right now. And so I think the Lakers will make the playoffs. They they have Pogsaw back. They have Kobe back. They have Dwight, and Nash has been playing for a while now, so they should be fully integrated in some sort of offensive scheme going into the playoffs. And the other two, other two, three teams that are trailing them, I don't see presenting a challenge. Yeah. What about you, Justin? Do you think uh, Lakers could squeak out of the ace spot, or do you think Utah or Dallas has a better chance? I mean, I think they definitely have the upper hand still right now. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the Jazz are still, you know, they're close. The Lakers are on a three-game slide. Mm-hmm. Um, Jazz, I, I mean... One game back, so there's like I mean they still got about what four weeks left of the season. And the Jazz is, uh, I mean, Lakers' home record has just been not like it's used to in the past. And actually, Utah has a better home. I mean, when you go into Utah, they have really good fans, so they have a better home record. I don't know if they have more home games favored going in the schedule, but yeah. I think that's a factor you have to you know take in consideration. Right. Um, but the Jazz just struggle. I mean, they've lost seven of the last ten. Right. So I mean, they're definitely on a slide. I mean, with Millsap and all, you know, the I mean those those player issues right now. I don't see. I of all teams, I think if anyone's going to catch them, it's going to be the Mavericks, not the Jazz at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we'll see how that develops with uh, with Meta World Peace uh, not being able to hit those corner threes anymore. I don't know who they're going to get. Maybe Earl Clark will get some more minutes back in there. 
We'll see. Harden won't have to watch his head as much in the playoffs, which is always a good thing. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> Harden de- being def- defended by Meta, always always putting his arms up to make sure he doesn't get a bow. Um, but yeah, uh, I think... Um, you know, we forgot the biggest news of all. What was that? The player that's coming back after being out for 20 games. Oh, no. No, don't. Don't. Don't, don't yes. mention him, Justin. That's right. Mr. Hiro Turkoglu. Turkoglu! From the Orlando Magic is back. Oh, wow. After testing positive for anabolic steroids. Good good job, So Good job. The 18 and 53 Magic are going to get a huge boost from him. And uh, do you see them making the playoffs, guys? Yeah, I uh, I see them making playoffs on NBA TV Classic. <laughs> and uh, watching a couple of those Penny Hardaway, Nick Anderson, D3... And Shaq uh, games against the Rockets. That's, that's as far as I, I see them going with that. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, we have an interesting playoff opportunity with the Nets going forward. Um, we have only, like I said, 12 games left where half half this circuit ship is done. Uh, three and one so far. Uh, we got matchups against the uh, Blazers coming up, against the Nuggets, um, against the Cavs. And against Chicago. And then we come back home. Well, actually, no, no, sorry. I apologize. Utah, then Cleveland. Then we come home for Chicago, Charlotte, and Philly. Um, with that, those four games, I think they're able to squeak out maybe a two and two for, that's my prediction for that. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, I definitely see them, uh, uh, taking the Cavs out. And then it's just a matter of, um, the Blazers, I think, can definitely handle. And the Nuggets, I mean, just a hot team right now. Yeah. Extremely hot team. Even though they lost to the Hornets last night by, like, 20. But I know <laughs> Ty Lawson wasn't playing that game. Yeah. And that was ending their streak. I don't, and the was, Hornets have been playing. 15 play- in a row. Yeah, it was, they were due. Right. for a bad game. Yeah, right. You know who else is due? The Heat. You know what? The Heat are, they have a different kind of, you know, superior human on their team. Right. Right. Uh, Mickey Arson, right? I mean, the owner. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, the Carnival Cruise owner. You can't, yeah, you can't yeah. bet against them. Yeah, well, actually, you can, especially if you take a Carnival Cruise. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 No, it's, it's reality. <laughs> turn, uh, turn those uh, uh, performances on the crew into bathrooms, stages, or I don't know, whatever the SNL sketch was. All right, guys, uh, I think that'll do it for the podcast tonight, and. Um, Oh wait! Again, again, we 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 have another breaking segment here. Um, it, we're gonna put a little introduction to this, and I think Anton's gonna take this from here. So I'm going to test Justin and Enam's uh, prowess of Nets knowledge. I know I know Justin has somewhat been of a Celtics fan back in the day, but I think he he knows his NBA pretty well. Enam is a diehard Nets fan here. So uh, I would like to start on a trivia and maybe get like a, a running count over the the course of the I guess. So oh, a new official podcast game. Yes. Oh, man. a new Brooklyn rebound game right now. We have yes. to come up with a good name for this. How about tweet at us? Give us something. Nets. Give us something. <laughs> Brooklyn Nets trivia BK with trip. Justin and Enom. All right, that's the name right now. <laughs> Fans, if you can do something better, yeah, yeah, <laughs> let us know. Yeah, definitely tweet us. We'll we'll drop all our. Uh, our promotions and names at the end of the podcast, but let's get with the question. All right, this is for the honor of getting the first question right. You're going down, Justin. Game on. Who of the following names won a Rookie of the Year on the Nets? Okay, I'm going to give you four options. A, 
Derek Coleman. B. Jason Kidd. C. Kenyon Martin. D. Kenny Anderson. Ooh. One of these four. One as a Nets player, rookie of the year. Right. Can you give us the year? <laughs> That's kind of a giveaway. You'll give, no, 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 don't give us roll the year. Out a few no, don't give us the year. Uh, um, you know, we'd like to go first. <laughs> you know, since you defer to me, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it from here. Nope, I'm going for it. All right, go ahead. Give me Kmart. Uh, how about you, Eno? You're gonna lock in the Kmart. Um, lock it in. I'm gonna go with Kenny Anderson. Kenny Anderson. Okay. Kenyon Martin was drafted in 2000. In the 2000-2001 season, he finished second in Rookie of the Year oh. to Amari Stoudemire. Yeah, yeah, stat. Okay. Standing tall and talented. Whatever. Kenny Anderson was drafted by the Nets and played for about six seasons, but he was not very good his rookie year. Oh. Seven points, four assists, or something like that. It's got to be D.C. Derek Coleman. That's yeah. right. Oh, Jason Kidd man. was actually drafted by the Mavs. Yeah. So yeah. he won rookie of the year. He Suns. shared right. rookie of the year honors yeah. with Grant yeah. Hill. And right. Derek Coleman was a winner with 18 points, 10 rebounds per game his rookie year. Well. All right. So well, off to, no, no points for off, anybody. Up to right start. Tallied up. 0-0. Zero, zero. Uh, <laughs> guys, we'll definitely need some more questions. Uh, and definitely tweet us at Brooklyn Rebound. Uh, we also got our website still going on and strong. We got a redesign of the website. Looks real good. Looks really courtesy really... of uh, Mr. Quasi. Yep, yep. Uh, there's a picture of an average Nets fan wearing a, a bra and a Brooklyn Nets hat. Oh, you guys should go she check average? that out. Just an average, <laughs> average fan. Um, BrooklynRebound.com or Gmail BrooklynRebound at gmail.com. And uh, how's that Instagram coming? Justin. Instagram? <laughs> Work in progress. It'll be up uh, next seven, seven uh, to 14 also, days. Also, please like us on uh, Brooklyn Rebound on, on Facebook. Um, but yeah, we'll be posting this podcast uh, on all those formats. You can download it on RSS feed or iTunes. Uh, search for us, just Brooklyn Rebound. It'll come up. But thanks, guys, for joining this podcast. Uh, Anton, thank you. Thank you for coming on and bringing that no problem. Uh, inspirational knowledge of the Nets and, and also... Your heat fandom, I guess. Well, hopefully you guys will have me in the future. I'll try to tone down my, my heat, my heatness. It's too hot. It's too hot in Your heatness. It's too hot in here. It's too hot in here. And also, thank you for that amazing uh, outro. Oh, oh, outro. Oh, you mean the one that's about to play right now? (laughs) Yep. That one right now. So You gotta work your way up into the intro. (laughs) Step at a time. Step at a time. Uh, yeah, so... For uh, Justin Anton, um, signing off. Good night from Prospect Heights, and good night, Nets Nation. Rebound. 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 Rebound.